Marriage is hard. It's something we go into so excited, but often end up leaving on the back burner. We believe in a 1 Corinthians 13 type of love, one that takes intentionality and purpose. A good marriage is not something that happens by accident. So it's our hope that you leave feeling inspired to have some new topics of conversations with your spouse through listening to our talks here. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jaren. And this is Marriage on Purpose. Want to hear your questions answered on our listener questions episode? Send in your questions to marriageonpurposepodcast at gmail.com. All questions will be anonymous. We can't wait to hear from you. Welcome to episode two, everyone. Episode two. We're going to start every episode by saying, Welcome. Welcome to episode 95. Welcome. <laughs> yes, very much exactly like that every time. We should just start doing it in sync. Welcome. Welcome. Awkward. <laughs> the music cut out and everything. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. Let's uh let's get into it. I guess we're going to jump into the question from last week, which yeah. was if you don't know, which you should, if you're listening yes. to episode two, you probably heard episode one. That's kind of hopefully how we're roll. you listen to it all the way through. But we ended with an open ended question that you can take to your spouses. Um, so we're gonna jump right into that question. Question. How to deal with personality differences or how do you deal with personality differences? or different love languages in your marriage. This is, um, we deal with this. Let's yes. just say that. <laughs> this is fresh. It has been for eight years. <laughs> we are so different. Should we like, let's state some of the ways that we're different. Go ahead. I want to hear what you got to say. <laughs> Throw something out there. Okay, so Jaren is... Yes. I think ready. you I think you mentioned being like super cold hearted in the last episode or something like that, joking in, around about yourself. In one of the takes, I believe. But what I would say is that he is very logic brained. That's pretty much sums up his personality. He thinks logically and emotionally there's not really much there. There's not. You know what? <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm not super proud, but I'm learning. Um And then what and am on, I like, dear? <laughs> <laughs> on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have Kristen, who feels for everybody, feels everything for everybody, emotions, empathizes, which has been a strength. Um, but in the beginning, a lot of the time in the beginning, there was no logic. Have mercy. <laughs> logic was non-existent in my brain. We didn't know what was going on. Um, and but, is bad as that sounds for Kristen, it was equally as bad for me because I could not relate at all. Like, <laughs> I don't know why you're crying. I don't even know why you're feeling any of that. I don't feel anything like that. And vice versa, it was equally as hard for me because I would feel things very strongly um, and yes. have very strong emotions. <laughs> and I would expect him to be empathetic towards those big feelings that I was having. And he couldn't be and it, it to me that read as he just did not care 
but just a cold-hearted jerk the truth was his brain didn't work that way yeah, he's very logic brain we were totally different i mean opposite extremes and i don't think i mean right now how we've kind of worked through this how do you deal with the personality differences kind of the question we've kind of over the years came to the middle a little bit i'm mm. definitely more logical still and you're more emotional for sure but it's not opposite ends of this stream if zero's right. in the middle and there's me on the left and you on the right at, a, at an extreme we're definitely closer to the middle both of us now yeah i think it's extremely important to look at your spouse's differences rather as a weakness and them not being like you but rather as a strength that you can learn from. So although I did not really like that Jaren was very logical, I felt misunderstood. Um, I began making the shift as seeing that logic as something that I lacked and I needed to learn from him. Even though he was on an extreme, I still saw that as a learning opportunity to help me be a little more logical and less driven by my emotions. Yeah, same for me the other way. I literally had to learn how to have feelings. Even to when we like had kids and stuff. Like I didn't relate. I didn't understand. I just didn't. With our firstborn, you know, you had to like clue me in. Hey, this kid has emotions. You got to like, you got to act. Be you gotta, a little you gotta, empathetic. got to love him a little bit, you know. <laughs> don't just tell him what to do all the time. It was really hard. But he was yeah. one. So like, what? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing with my first kid or second. Still right a learning curve. We both yeah. still are different, but we've definitely learned to learn from each other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really the key is how do you deal with it? shift. View the other person's, you know, if it's if you have such a different personality, take it as a learning opportunity because you're on the same team. Yeah. You have the same goals. You're married. You want the same. You are one person. You're one unit. So if one side of you is super emotional and one side of you is super logical, meet in the middle, you know. See your differences as a strength. Because really, if, if you're trying to tackle all these life goals together, isn't it better to have kind of all the pieces to the puzzle anyway, rather than just one of you? Like, what if you both were extremely emotional? And yeah, there's... Like, you were both really great at that. There's probably couples that are like that. Like they're both the same type of oh, personality. Sure. I mean, I know there is because. But so really, it's beneficial to have someone else who kind of fits that other end of the spectrum that you're not. That kind of helps yeah. you gain perspective in a lot of areas. Um, I have a quote and it says, a great marriage is not when the perfect couple comes together. It is when an imperfect couple learns to enjoy their differences. Yeah, that's really good two imperfect people coming together to grow from each other and learn from their differences and try to if they're if they do lean really heavy one way kind of come back a little bit you kind of come back toward the other way if you're super logical come back and try to learn how to be emotional or if everything gets you in your feelings try to like get out of your feelings and rationalize for a minute yeah i think a big thing is just trying to see it as a strength yeah it and is it really is it's an opportunity to grow and learn and it can really be a strength if you choose to view it that way but it's really easy to want to turn your partner into another you but yeah. really that's not beneficial yeah not good because you gotta you're individual yeah you don't really want to change the other person you love them despite of their shortcomings but 
you're in this together so you might as well learn to come together on things like that so yeah. i think it's really good and good marriages are built on commitment and not compatibility so don't buy into the lie that you have to be perfectly compatible to make it work yeah it's your covenant it's your commitment towards each other that's going to make a good marriage work yeah i think that's really good all right so let's go ahead and dive into today's topic so today we are talking about marriage and little babies <laughs> yeah or older babies or toddlers maybe older maybe a but five-year-old maybe more so i want to talk to the people who are kind of in the trenches where we were a couple years ago i mean i consider the trench until they're out of diapers <laughs> <laughs> we're almost there trench equals diapers we're almost me. there but a couple years ago we were really in the thick of it i can say that it has gotten easier but I would not consider it easy right now by any means. And if you don't know, our kids are seven, five, and three. So a couple years ago, I mean, they were all little and they were all very close in age. And mm -hmm. it was hard. Fun. fun. That's what That's I was going to say. I was reading your mind for you. It was fun. So we want to talk about how do you even stay intentional with small children? Is it even feasible? Is no. this something you need to just like forget about for yes. a little bit, come back to <laughs> come back later and maybe work it out when they're a little bit older and it's a little easier? Maybe we can just pretend like we're being intentional for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. The answer is no. <laughs> we're going to talk about why it's important. Um but before we go into why it's important, I do want to give a little caveat because there are moms, I was one of them, who compare this season to drowning. And that is serious. That's how I felt. Like they actually feel like they are being held underwater and they cannot breathe. Lord. That is how I felt. I'm not even kidding. Like you can laugh about it now, but I would say that with tears streaming down my face two years ago. And it was absolutely true. I felt like I could not sure. come up for air. Yeah. And so often what, what we hear in that season, when we try to reach out and tell people that it feels like we're drowning, people tell you to just give yourself grace or they tell you to just soak it up because it will all be gone so fast. And like, just imagine with me for a minute, if you see someone drowning, do you tell them, it's going to go by really fast. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Like, Death no. Death comes soon when you're drowning. <laughs> you <laughs> jump no in help. and you help them, right? Like, but so often we try to like tell moms these positives when they're just like crying out for help that they're struggling and rather than jumping in and helping them. And so I just want to say to these moms who are in that phase, if you are struggling to see any good in this season at all, I have felt that. And if you feel that way, you don't need to feel any guilt or pressure from the things that we say in this episode. And the best thing that you can do is to ask for help. Yeah. And that is a strength. If yeah. you choose to ask for help, that is strong of you. You don't need to feel um, don't feel too prideful to reach out. Yeah. Coming from me, who's a mom, <laughs> I have a lot of input right now. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add? Um, no, I just like what you said. I yeah. just like, don't be afraid to reach out. There's other people going through the same phase. And sometimes all it takes is knowing there's somebody who you can text and be like, how are you doing help. today? I need help. Are you, is everything fine? I'm not fine. You know? <laughs> I'm locked in the bathroom crying. <laughs> yeah. I get those about once a week. So. Yep. No. Oh, come on. It's gotten okay, better. It's better. It's gotten better. I thought we were talking about two or three years ago. 
Yes, that is true. Okay. <laughs> there were really times when Jaron would get home from work and I'm in a corner crying and he has to come and like send me off to the other room and he takes over cooking or whatever I was doing and I'm just tapped out for the evening. Which is not ideal, but like me being the dad who's just gone at work all day long, I was fine with that. Like you need a break, I can give that to you. I haven't seen my kids in 12 hours. Tap me in, you know, tag <laughs> me in. That was extremely helpful. Okay, so now let's just dive right in. Why is it important to stay intentional in this season of raising babies and toddlers? So my first point is that kids actually need to see parents in a loving relationship. Yeah, I mean, your kids are watching you 24-7, so... You are modeling everything that they know about love and marriage. And so living with you 24-7, they're watching your example. They're watching how you treat each other. They're watching your tone of voice. They're watching if mommy and daddy love each other. And they're basing what marriage will look like one day for them off of what they learn from you in this season. Yeah, and that sometimes isn't very evident because they're not even close to getting married or anything. But you know it's happening because you see them yelling at each other. If you've been really snappy with them, now they're snappy with each other. That's yeah. something that we've been dealing with, or mm -hmm. we did with our oldest. Yeah. Snapping at the little ones because we would always snap at him, or we would snap at everybody. And and you think about like who you are as a person and like your personality. And if you dig deep, a lot of it does stem from your childhood and mm -hmm. the home that you were raised in. And so just realize that you are shaping who they will be when they're older and how they relate to marriage and think about marriage. So it's just really important for them to feel safe in their home and like their parents love each other. And that's just really important. It creates a safe home for them. All right, my next point is that one day the kids are going to be out of the house and it is just going to be you and your spouse <sighs> still there. Yeah still looking at each other mm -hmm. <laughs> started with you it's gonna end with you still and if you neglected your relationship for years and years and years when the kids are gone you are not going to know what to do when they leave you have to hang out you have to talk you have to you know be intentional yeah it kind of goes back to that quote if you aren't growing together you're drifting apart right um and if you choose not to be intentional and not grow throughout that whole time you will look at each other and be different people yeah you hear those stories of like parents who get divorced when their kids move out and stuff mm -hmm. like that and i don't know if that happens a lot anymore i don't know i'm not really i don't i don't look we don't for know that, the stats i don't look for that data we've but heard about it yeah yeah and like that's just sad. that's just sad that's just terrible that's um, one thing we so look forward to yeah i'm like <laughs> When they get out of here, <laughs> hopefully our house isn't, you know, a remodel still. And so many parents are like counting down the years of like when their kids turn 18 out of like sadness and we're counting down the years out of pure joy. <laughs> we love our kids so much, but we're raising independent adults. And we are excited for them to be independent yeah. and have their own lives. We want to be friends with them. I don't want to keep like making them PB&Js and stuff. You know, we're in that phase right now and like providing for them and doing all that. Like, hey man, one day you're going to you will have to do this yourself. Yeah. So the sooner you learn to do that, the better off everyone in this house is going to be. Yeah. You have to be able to let go one day. 
Yeah. You have to. And if you hold on so tight for all those years, it's not going to be any easier to let go when they're older. You yeah. have to slowly kind of start letting them be more independent in yep. the younger years so you can have a smooth transition. Sure. Our kids are still really young for that, but our oldest, Abraham, is seven. And we've noticed independent tendencies in him right now. I feel like we're at that age, finally. Yeah, it's getting there. So that It's comes, really cool to see. Yeah, that goes kind of to the next point about it's good for kids to have boundaries mm-hmm. and it helps them in the long run. You know, that's kind of what we're talking about, teaching them independence and teaching them how to handle a no um, or handle a yes or know when a yes is not good for them or know when a no is good for them, you know. Yeah. Just slow that down. That was listen, a little... Let's do it a couple times. <laughs> I have to rewind that one. I think I said it right. <laughs> My brain is slowly processing that. You know what I mean. Um, throwing this in there, um, the book Boundaries with Kids. We're probably going to plug that every episode. It has. Any episode that we talk about kids, this book has changed the way that I view parenting. And it has actually made me excited to set boundaries with my kids, which is something if you heard the beginning of the episode doesn't come very naturally to me because i'm very emotional i struggle with over identifying with my kids feelings and so i struggle to set boundaries um but this book has made me aware of how important it is to set boundaries because boundaries they create security when kids kind of cross those boundaries because they will the consequence helps them learn from crossing that boundary and those those moments of learning is teaching them and that's what discipline is it's teaching your kids yeah and it's not even something that is like mean or something that we do out of anger it's just punishment it's it's, different than punishment it's actually like logical if you do this then this happens we experience natural consequences even as adults yeah this is something that i have learned through adulthood (laughs) adulting (laughs) I used to be someone, most people are, who struggle with like keeping their house clean. Let's just say that. When you're in college and you're like first getting your place, you're probably not very good at that because maybe your mom did it for you. But now you have your own house and you're like freedom. You don't have to do it, right? You're like, finally, I don't have to clean. But (laughs) the consequence of not cleaning up after yourself. Natural consequences equal bugs and filth well i never got that bad but even just (laughs) even just getting in the habit of not doing the dishes before you go to bed sure now i have to start my day doing dishes and i don't want to wake up like that i don't want to start my day having to do dishes i like to wake up peaceful i like to have a nice peaceful all right this is Kristen's morning ideal morning okay (laughs) the house is perfectly clean the kids wake up and they just are they're quiet and they approach her and give her a hug and they say i love you mother and they patiently wait on the couch for her to decide to cook them food oh my god she goes and makes herself a cup of coffee <laughs> and she goes out to the front porch and she sits out there holds her coffee and sips on it hey i don't want to make breakfast at 7 a.m all right they can wait till 8 a.m boundary boundary boom Okay, but where I was getting at, let's go back to my point here. The natural consequence of not doing your dishes in the evening is having to deal with them in the morning. And that taught me that I would rather have to do the dishes in the evening before bed than my morning start with a bunch of cleaning. Yeah, that sucks. Or not keeping up with the dishes, for instance. Let's say you let your dishes go for a week. 
it is so much worse <laughs> to have to clean a week's worth of dishes than it is to do it once a day. I don't even know how we would eat. <laughs> like if we had a week's worth of dishes in this. But I'm just saying much. it's dealing with those consequences yeah. of your actions yeah. that teach you to not do that again. Yeah. You set a natural or you put a boundary in place for yourself because you don't want the natural consequence. If someone saved my butt and did my week's worth of dishes every time and I never had to do it, I probably would continue to do that. And I wouldn't break that habit because I didn't experience the natural consequence. Right. Sometimes yeah. it takes multiple natural consequences to finally learn. Oh, the main one for our kids has been like, they don't want to eat their food. And they throw a big fit at dinner time because they just don't like the shape of the noodles or something. And then such a toddler thing to do. Yeah. Then they're hungry and they're really hungry in the morning and they're starving and they're like, well, I'm so hungry. And, or even before bed, they're just famished. Like they haven't eaten, which they haven't. They're their choice, not ours. <laughs> we feed our kids. <laughs> <laughs> but star <laughs> go, go ahead and starve oh <laughs> uh, 90s kids look at that beauty and the beast reference yep <laughs> and so then we just tell them like yeah you're gonna be hungry if you come to me and tell me you're hungry i agree with you you're probably hungry because you skipped dinner we I'm, don't like that you made that choice I'm sorry for yourself. I, i'm sad for you because this is you a skipped natural dinner. consequence that you chose for yourself yeah i and have to deal with your sound harsh but these in this season right now of raising kids is what is developing your children's character for later on the better that they understand dealing with natural consequences now saves them from dealing with more severe consequences later when they're adults this is the season of character growth and that's one thing that that book boundaries with kids by the way that's from dr henry cloud i believe i don't know Put it in the show notes. Show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Put a link for you in the show notes. Um, but that is one thing that that really drilled in my brain that you don't see the character development happening now, but the things that you're doing now is developing their character for later on. Yeah. And boundaries is a big one. We're going to do like probably 17 episodes on boundaries because it's our jam. There's so much to go through. We love that's boundaries. one thing that we really enjoy talking boundaries about. Boundaries with so. people, boundaries with kids, boundaries with everything. <laughs> Jaren loves that. Boundaries. He loves just being, cutting people out. Being an introvert, yes. I. Yeah. It doesn't really mean that, though. We'll we'll go into like boundaries more kind in depth of. later. Oh, my goodness. We'll I, go into boundaries <laughs> more in depth later. Yeah, I use it as an excuse for that. The point is, yeah, boundaries are not supposed to build a wall. They're supposed to build a fence. They're supposed to build a door okay that you are you are capable <laughs> of opening and closing yeah but if yeah that not you. a brick wall that has no door i was thinking like a white picket fence that you can see over but there's no getting through there's it. no gate no gate like <laughs> that's not it we can talk we can look at each other's stuff okay if you actually read the book boundaries know, it advises against that you're doing boundaries wrong <laughs> fine um yeah so that's a really really good point though it actually really is developmentally great for kids to have boundaries and it's not just good for you it really is good for them and developing character for them too it's good for everyone involved the greatest gift that you can give your children is responsibility and independence it is for going sure. to help them forever not just in the here and now we struggle so much with only seeing what's right in front of us but i really 
push you to try to see zoom out and see big picture of parenting because boundaries can be so helpful not only for your marriage but also for your kids so now that we know why it's important to stay connected in this season let's go into some tips for the husband husbands and wives separately so why don't you start us off and giving us some tips for the husbands that may be a blind spot while in this season of raising toddlers and babies okay so for husbands hmm, there's a lot but i would say for helping your wife in times of having small kids it's probably best to just support her like the kids really take a lot out of the mom in our situation because I go to work and you stay home so you're drained by the time the end of the day comes and whenever I can help by you know taking some of the bulk off of you I try to do that whenever you need me to step in and do whatever I don't know I feel like whenever I go to work all day I don't get to come home and just sit and do nothing because I did my part I didn't do my part because I'm, I'm a dad also not just an employee or a business owner I'm a dad and I haven't dadded at all and you haven't realized that your stay-at-home wife, who may be staying home, has also worked all day. Yeah, she's also been on the <laughs> clock, and the clock doesn't ever turn off That is not not work. Yeah. So when you're both home, you're now both working. Exactly. So I'm on whenever I'm home, and she's not had a break all day. Unless she's, like, initiated quiet time, or mm -hmm. someone miraculously fell asleep. It's harder in those smaller years. Yeah. But, yeah. So I would think that's what I would say. I would probably like lower expectations of her just being super mom. Sometimes we still put expectations on like dinner's always done when I get home and you know the kids are just well behaved and the house is really clean every time. Wow, I just walk into a hotel every time I come home. It's just spotless. Throw those expectations out the window, get in the dirt with her. She's, <laughs> you know, there's good days and bad days. If you sometimes, have those expectations, make it happen. Sometimes I come home and it is like that i'm like man i got pork chops on the table the house is clean and the kids are quiet where am i is this did i walk into the wrong house no just kidding okay it happens more often now <laughs> but like just help out like don't be afraid to just step in and get bath time going because your kids need a bath and or uh if we homeschool so like if the lesson hasn't been done today I might take the oldest and go do his lesson. It mm -hmm. takes 30 minutes, you know, and it's not hard. So that's what I would probably give um, a tip for the husband. Just don't forget to help out. What about uh, tips for the wife? All right. So for the wives, I think that we really struggle with in this season specifically is putting our children first. Maybe we don't do it intentionally, but we kind of forget that our husband's emotional physical needs are also important versus our children's very real physical needs you know like it's easy to put our children's needs above our husband's because they seem so tangible and physical that we forget that our husband has these emotional needs that might not be visible but they're still just as important and so it can be challenging to remember that but I would try to keep that in the forefront of your mind um, and another thing is not seeing your spouse as the enemy it's really easy when you are in full overwhelm to kind of start 
taking sides and it's you against him and it's easy to see him as the problem when really he's not the problem you're just overwhelmed yeah sometimes your kids kind of act that on too like but mom said that i can do this and they come to you and ask you or they'll come to me ask me not like my answer they'll go to you and you'll give them the answer that they want and then they go do it and then i bust them and then they're like but mom said I could. And I'm like, but I said you couldn't. And then that kind of, now easy to start we have something to fight about. Viewing each other as the villain. And especially like. Kids as, are the villain. As a mom <laughs> in those seasons of the trench. Like when you're just in the trench and you are taking care of babies. It's easy for us to not see the kids as, as the villain though. Because they're small and they don't know. And like you expect more out of your husband because he's an adult. And it's just easy to let those thoughts stew and like have more empathy for your children than you do your husband and it becomes this us against him kind of thing when it's really and i would really challenge you to not see your spouse as the enemy and rather realize that it's overwhelm (laughs) realize that it is overwhelm taking over and lean on him in those moments of overwhelm rather than pushing him away this is a time to be vulnerable and open up to him and tell him that you're struggling and say hey i might need you to support me a little bit more because i'm really struggling and i want to do this as a team rather than feeling angry at you Um, so just open up and lean on him rather than seeing him as the enemy also one more thing i think you need to remember that you're a team and you need to let him lead it's really easy as a mom to feel prideful in parenting because you've carried this baby forever you've probably done the bulk of the research yeah but i did like two minutes of work so (laughs) i contributed a little bit (laughs) okay it's really easy to feel prideful and to kind of lead the way when it comes to parenting and you don't really let him in and lead But remember, this is a team effort. He is the leader of the home. Lean on him. If you discover new ways of parenting or you're doing all this research and reading all these articles and you find new ways that you want to do it, that's awesome. Be the researcher. I love researching new, like I read all the books about parenting. He typically doesn't. And then I share the information with him that I've learned. But we come together and we talk about it. And I allow him to lead in that area as well and give his opinion in that area as well. So just try not to take that on as your own thing and let him be a part of parenting too. Okay, now let's get into some practical ways to stay intentional yeah. during this very challenging season. So my first practical tip is creating boundaries. We touched on that before, yes. but I kind of want to like touch on some tangible ways. Like let's actually state some practical ways we set boundaries with our kids okay. to, for the better of our marriage. Can I say one? For sure, please. First is one that we stick to bedtime. 8 p.m. on the dot. Rarely shifts. (laughs) Doesn't really change much, other than like yesterday, Violet had a dance recital. Kristen was out till ten thirty. Me and the boys stayed up and watched a movie in my bed till like nine thirty. So there's exceptions, but but if it's a normal day, the schedule remains. This is a boundary that works for our marriage because we are not night owls. Yeah, that is that is true. We. We can't stay up late. We actually can't do it. We're asleep by 930. You like, know why? Because we get woken up at 6 a.m. <laughs> if it isn't the dog scratching my face trying to get me out of bed, then it's just the kid coming in because they're hungry. Or it's because you got to go to work. Or I have to work. 
Dumb work. I also love mornings. I love getting up early. So this That's just true. works good for our schedule yeah. um, and just the way that we work as people. Luckily, we're kind of on the same wavelength as that. Um, but those night times, it's really, really important for us to make the kids go to bed at 8 p.m. every single night so that we have time to connect in our days. Two things for that. They don't always go to bed at 8 p.m. Most of the time, it's 9 p.m. before they even fall asleep. But they are in their rooms. They don't come for out. For goodness sake. Well, they do come out like 100 times, but we're working on it. Second it's not thing, so bad. Second thing, sleep is super important for kids to um, just for, like for their bodies. They need to rest. They play hard from the minute they wake up to the minute they go to bed. There's rarely a time where they're just like sitting on the couch resting for two hours unless they actually pass out. But like nutrition and sleep are two things that are super important for your kids developmentally. Another boundary that we set with our children is that we do make them wait to speak (laughs) if we, mom and dad, are engaging in conversation. They are not allowed to interrupt us i mean they do interrupt us constantly but that's what i was gonna say they (laughs) this does not we're working on this right now this is something that we tell them if mom and dad are speaking you need to wait till we're done speaking because let's be real kids need fifty thousand things all day every day and typically it's will you wrap this blanket around me yeah (laughs) i got hurt and that's it. They're not crying. They're just, they're just, they saying, just want to tell you. They just want, they want, they <laughs> honestly just want to interrupt what you're doing to tell you their thought. They want attention, but there's times they need to know to wait for attention because when you're older, this is character development. You're not going to get attention all the time. Yeah, the world, so you need to learn now Yeah. that the world doesn't revolve around you finishing your sentence. Yes. So yeah, we will make them wait if we are in important conversation and sometimes that's frustrating because they do try to interrupt but we try to remind them mommy and daddy are talking about something important so please wait till we're done yeah sometimes we have to like put a finger up to kind of like remind them without breaking our eye contact or stopping our sentence we just keep talking and we just kind of put a finger or hand up so they kind of remember and we try to set the expectation beforehand. Obviously, sometimes we naturally get in conversations. But if we're going to do something important or talk about something important, sometimes when we do our budgeting or today when we're podcasting, we set the expectation beforehand and say, hey, mom and dad are doing this or have this going on. So you guys need to stay in the living room and not come in unless it's an emergency. Yeah. And, and most of the time it it's starting to like sink in. Um, with the older two, the little one still kind of, Eli kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Yeah. But we still put it into practice and remind yeah. them and eventually they'll learn and they need to learn that mom and dad have to have time together and they make a priority for that. It's important to them and that is shaping their idea of marriage. So yeah, I think it's really good for everyone around. Another thing, practically speaking, plan alone time together. So you both can kind of know what to expect not hope you're going to get alone time in the night before bed or at lunchtime whenever you do it schedule it schedule it because if you don't happen to life life will happen to you you know you have to not just let life go by sometimes and for us that's something we've had to do like hey we haven't talked about our bills in three weeks and i don't even know how much money we have we got to sit down and talk about that or like hey we used to watch king of the hill 
a lot or bob ross or whatever those are two shows so cool king of the hill and bob ross yeah bob ross is the man i don't care what anybody says (laughs) um we haven't done that in a while so can we do that tonight or yeah it's really really important to plan it especially in the in the season of having a lot of babies or a lot of toddlers because life is so busy and you're so tired and if you plan it if you schedule it you almost look forward to it it's almost like a little break but if you wait to feel like it i promise you you will not feel like it you're tired you're exhausted but if you say hey tonight 8 30 after we put the kids in bed let's put them to bed a little bit early let's play some games right like now it becomes a thing you look forward to but if you just let life happen Maybe you didn't get the kids in bed on time because you didn't know this was going on. Maybe it rained a little late. They didn't get in bed till nine. It was frustrating because they kept getting up and you're mad and exhausted at fighting with them. And then maybe they don't fall asleep till 10 and you and your spouse get to the bedroom and you're like, yeah, we're done. We're going to bed. Yeah. Um, We've got to the point where we actually have a dry erase board calendar and we write down what we're going to do for the month. Um, we the, have like a family calendar and a like a bills calendar. Bills calendar. Yeah. yeah. Write all the bills down whenever we're going to pay them, whatever. But we have but the family one has been beneficial. Yeah. We like know, hey, we're going to record a podcast on this night. Or we got things like Violet's dance recitals on Saturday. So we can't work on the house. But that's know. where you can schedule an intentional marriage time. You can mm-hmm. even schedule an intentional family time. Maybe. This Friday night, we don't have anything going on. Let's schedule in a game night as a family or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, that can be really beneficial just because you see it, you plan for it. Yeah. That works for us. We like when you can visually see four weeks ahead of you and you're like, wow, we don't have one thing planned for our family, like a pizza night, like where we all make pizza together, or uh, we have a movie night or a family game night. We haven't, we're not doing that at all this month. We should probably do that. Or dates for you and your spouse. We got four weeks ahead of us and we're not going on a date at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not in a good season for that. But like even in home date, you don't have to spend mm-hmm. money. You can just like quality time. Like, hey, we're going to rent a movie that just came out and get popcorn and have an in-home movie night mm-hmm. on this night. If you can see the calendar and you don't have a, you know, for the month out, it's not planned. It helps which, us. That kind of leads into our last point, which is time together doesn't have to be extravagant to grow you closer together. Mm -hmm. Um, And like Jaren said, you don't have to plan these date nights that are out of the house and super extravagant. And, you know, people say date your spouse. Sometimes that sets expectations really high and that feels hard. And like, I need to dress up and get out of the house and buy her flowers and just, you know, leave her notes everywhere like sometimes that is sweet when you don't have kids and you have time for that yes. and like someone's not also <laughs> vying for your constant attention do that a lot but our season nah. of babies nah. it has very much been just sitting in bed at 8 p.m and asking each other questions or um playing card games together we literally have looked up so many two-player card games and watched youtube videos of figuring out how to do it just so that we can spend quality time together after the kids go to bed and it's great because it's easy it doesn't take a lot of planning sometimes you need to plan like you need to get out of the house you need to go to dinner or do something axe throwing go bowling i don't know but sometimes it 
it happens where you're just you have time at home yeah and you should take advantage of it and not everyone has sitters or family members to help them out with the kids so don't let that deter you from feeling like you can't be intentional and have alone time with your spouse you can absolutely have alone time at home one more thing also at nighttime sometimes we don't even want to talk to each other sometimes after we put the kids to bed we're like listen i need some personal time if a new game comes out i play video games but i only play them whenever one that i want comes out and it's only a couple different series but if it comes out i want to play it and, and so you've asked me in advance yes I'm, i also don't just be don't like spring it on me i am playing video games all night tonight um but sometimes that's important in your marriage too if you always mm-hmm. do couples cards and you always are hanging out and you're always and you're you never doing something you want like Kristen will like get in the bath and read a book or kind of relax or something like that and kind of just zone out and sometimes that's what she wants to do like hey after the kids go to bed I need some time yeah I need to we're be both alone. introverts and we do get filled up through being alone yeah and I stay home with kids all day. I am never alone. And kids are demanding. So it's not even just like being around adults all day. Being around kids all day is more taxing. And I feel like I need a lot of alone time. Um, But we're going to get into accidentally answering our cliffhanger questions. So we should probably slow down on that. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's all we have for episode two thank you again so much for listening if you're still here yeah (laughs) who knows how long this one ended up being but if you're still here thanks for listening all right so our cliffhanger question for episode two is is it normal to want a lot of alone time in marriage this can be a good conversation starter for you and your spouse and um, look out for a post. I will make a post and I want to hear your guys' answers and what you've talked about. Um, and if you want to hear our opinion, tune in next time. Tune in next week for episode three. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs>